God is faithful. So, um, we've been in our series entitled Submission, and um, that's a, it's a, it's a title that sometimes can cause people to back up and not listen, because we, we don't necessarily like that, and it's not politically correct in the world that we live in today. Unless you're Donald Trump, he'll say anything. Um, but I, I, I want to um, I want to just focus on our three on two of our three words that we've discussed over the last three weeks. This is our fourth message. If you haven't listened to these, these are on our website and go to Gates of the City and go to our podcast and you can listen to these messages. They're free of charge. You can download them or just listen to them. But um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time in review, just a couple things, but not a lot of time because I just want to get, I want to look at this word pride and this word humility. I want to look at it and I I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about, number one, how to be free of pride in your life, but number two, how to actively, day-to-day, thought-to-thought, humble yourself under God's mighty hand. Because the Bible says, if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He will exalt us. I don't know about you, but man, if God is exalting me, if God is promoting me, if God is lifting me, If God is advancing me, man, I mean, it's a win-win situation. If I'm trying to do it myself, that's where we get into trouble. Everybody, I don't care who you are. It's not about the exaltation of self, but it's about the plan of God. And I believe that these two words are the key that unlocks the door of success for people's lives. I believe that these two words are the key. But you have to understand them. Number one, how to rid yourself of pride. But number two, not to be afraid of humility. I mentioned in one of our messages the word meekness. The Bible says Moses was the meekest man on planet earth. Well, to many people, the word meek means weak. A person that is meek is run over or taken advantage of in life. Well, the truth is, when you're connected to God and His will for your life, you can't be run over. Because the more you lay your life down, the more He exalts you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He will exalt you. thing about Moses, the meekest man on planet earth, he was the most used man on planet earth too at the time. Nobody was used like Moses because he was the meekest, humblest person, not because of what he said about himself, but because of what God said about him. So, I want to look at at a at a few verses, our two foundational passages in James 4 and 1 Peter 5 we're going to look at. But, but before that, I want to look at a couple other passages. Romans chapter 8. Verse 
Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do, weak in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on, an account, on account for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, I'm going to interchange some words there, and if you think I'm changing Scripture, we'll talk about it later. But for the sake of time, I'm going to interchange these words. And I'm going to interchange, I'm going to change and, and, and change out the word flesh and add the word pride. And, and, and I'm going to take the word spirit and interject the word humility. So I, I want to read this passage like this. For the law of the spirit of life or humility in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death or pride. For what the law could not do in that it was weak, or what pride could not do because it was weak through the flesh, God did, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on an account for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of what pride did or controlled, might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the what? After the flesh or pride, but after the spirit or humility. So, pride could not and cannot be brought down. It cannot be removed from a person's life in their own ability. But through the spirit and through humility and, and the greatest act of humility on planet earth is when Jesus, who had a different will than the Father in the garden, said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done and accomplished. I want to see your will accomplished. The greatest act of sacrifice, number one, but the greatest act of submission and humbling himself is Jesus humbling himself in the garden and saying, not my will, but yours be done. So, there's a, there's there's God's way, and then there's everybody else's way. There's God's way of the Spirit that is attached to humility, and there's the world's way of the flesh that's attached to pride. So the law of the Spirit of life or humility that's in Christ Jesus has liberated you and I from the law of sin and death of the flesh or pride. It's liberated us. So we've got to tap into day to day how we've got to understand, number one, how that's, that's happening and how do we get liberated and free of it. So let's look at just a couple other verses before I make my point here. 1 Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy six um, 
in verse 1 and 2 of, of 1 Timothy 6, in verse 1 and 2, it's talking about submitting to, to believing masters or people that are over you in, in, whatever, in whatever way. And, and, and it, gives you, it gives an illustration of the importance of that, of how to submit. Verse 3 says, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus, and to the doctrine which, is according, which, which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes, and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, and evil suspicions. So we see here, and I'm going to read a couple other verses that back this up, we see that pride comes from words and disputing about certain things or issues in life that have to do with what? With thoughts. One person's going to think one way and somebody else is going to think another way. And so, bless God, I'm going to demand my right. I don't care what it is. You can sit and begin to think about, I mean, I mean, a husband and wife can do that. You know, you can do that on the job. You can have attitude towards people. Actually, those two verses before that are saying that even if you don't agree with someone who is over you, God wants you to submit to that and not dispute because, listen, if you're not the head of the job you work at and someone else is and you have an attitude and you spread gossip and you start wrangling about words or ideas that you don't agree with in regards to, to what someone else does, the truth is, if you were in that position, you'd do it different. And I guarantee you, you wouldn't want somebody going around stirring up all kinds of issues and problems. So, the issue is, it says right here, that a person that will not submit to God and His Word in a situation is proud. And when you're in pride, you stir up strife, division, and all kinds of other things. Got it? First John chapter 2. First John 2 and verse 16. For all that is in the world, and when we see the word world, we're talking about the world's way of thinking and operating. There's the world's way, as, as, it, as, as we just saw in Romans chapter 8, and then there's God's way. There's God's way of thinking, and there's the world's way of thinking. The world thinks one way. God thinks a, a totally different way. And what our life should be involved in through understanding this book is learning to think like God so then we can have the actions that God wants us to have. How many believe in here today that God has your best interest at heart? How many really believe God really wants your best? Well, the truth is, if we don't think like Him, then we can't flow with Him. So God is God and He has a desire and He has a plan for you and I, but if we don't think like Him, we're not going to follow what He's telling us to do because we're not going to hear what He's trying to get over to us. We're not going to have the Word of God revealed to us 
in a way that we will do what he says in any and every given situation. The word has to become to us final authority that settles every question and every situation. Yes? So he said, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and what? The pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. I'm going to say it like this. It's not of the thinking of the Father, it's of the thinking of the world. I was, one time I was at a, doesn't matter who, which side it was, I was at a, um, a political party, um, what was it? <laughs> Convention, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough word. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 was, uh, it, it was not a local convention, it was a state convention, that's what I'm trying to say. It was at a state convention of one of the parties, one of the two parties. And uh, so I, I went to this really hyped and ready and to get behind, you know, my party and boom, boom, I was excited. So I get there and uh, man, people are pumped. It, it was like a, you know, it was like an Amway convention. You know, you've never been to Amway convention, you, you ought to go one time. It was like an Amway convention. Everybody say, thank God for Amway. Amen. Great products, all that stuff. But it was, it was, I mean, they were pumped. And first guy comes out, and all he talks about is how bad the guy in the other party was. And then the next guy comes out. And that's all they talked about is how bad the other guy was. And how bad the other party was, and how bad all these, and how this and this and this. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and what was happening to me was inside of me, this thing was stirring. See, because, because what was happening was now I was being challenged to go with what these people were doing or go with what the Word says. And, and, and the Bible, we just got through reading right there, or look at, I was telling you those two verses, the Bible says that even people that you don't agree with that are in a place of authority, you don't put your mouth on them. Whether you like them or not, you don't put your mouth on them. You can have an opinion. Everybody has an opinion, and you need to have an opinion. But you don't put your mouth on people. People are not the problem. And my point that I'm going to drive home about pride and humility is about what's behind the thinking. There's something that drives thinking in a political party, in any kind of party, in the church world, in any kind of world, any structure or environment, there's something that drives what people believe. There's something behind it. And what's behind it is the issue. What's behind pride is what the real issue is. You can focus on pride. Yeah, I need to be good and I need to be right. I need to talk this and I don't need to be ugly to those people, but I want to be, you know. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that, but I want to. You got you to gotta understand what's behind it because you'll never be strong enough and good enough to stop things in your life. Never. Agreed? Well, whether you agree or not, it's the truth. So, 2 Corinthians 4 and I want to talk about, I want to look here, and then we're going to look at 1 Peter 5, and we'll end with that. 2 Corinthians 4, and verse 1. 
Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we've received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the Word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of truth, commending ourselves in every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel, even, in other words, if the Word is veiled or hidden, it's veiled or it's hidden to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, we see right here in this passage, there's a number of different passages that back this up, but we see right here that there is a God of the system. There's a God of the system. And what is the system? It's a thinking. It's a way of thinking. Now, in our system, over, I'll just say the last 20 years, I'll just say the last 26 years that I've pastored this church, our system has come up with all kinds of ideas and thoughts and what's okay and what's not okay and what, what is allowed and what isn't allowed. And, and all, our, our systems come up with all kinds of stuff. And some of the things that our system has come up with and the debates about issues, political issues, but they're, they're moral issues most of the time, all the debates about these kinds of things, they get so stirred up that it's like there's no answer. There's no answer. Oh my God. I mean, I, I have people all the time, Pastor, what are we going to do about this? <laughs> We're going to believe the Word. Well, yeah, but, uh, no, 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 but, see, the, the but is the problem. That the but's the problem. See, we got to get the but out and get the word in so we know, so we can continue in the great commission and the great commandment. What's the great commission? To make disciples. What's the great commandment? To love God and love people. And the more you know how much God loves you, you can love people no matter what they do. See, all the things that appear to be issues, they're not an issue to God. God is not like tiltering on the throne. He's strong, He is, and He wants us to be is. He wants us to be strong in Him and in the power of His might and strength, and He wants us to believe in what He believes in and not be freaked out about all kinds of things. Your job, listen to me, your job on planet Earth is to know how much God loves you no matter what you've done, number one, and then learn to love unlovable people. That's your and my job. That's it, folks. That's it. You're not here to judge. You're not here to debate. You're not here to this, that, and the other. Yeah, we have a judgment, but the judgment begins in you. And when your house is judged, then your judgment will have great compassion in how you view and look at other people and other situations. All of us in here developing weaponry and arsenal, you know, a huge arsenal. You know, we, we have a big building. We could store all kinds of things. I'm just playing. <clears throat> don't, don't get that out to the media or anything. You know, we, we could store all kinds of weapons in here. Uh, listen, an M16 is not your answer. 
that becomes your greatest problem. That's not your answer. This is our answer right here. Now, anything that he tells us to do from here and he reveals to us to do, then we need to be mobile at what God is saying. But my, my mobility cannot be focused on the offenses of other people. See, because i got to walk in love first before I do anything else. Loving people is first and foremost. It's the great commandment, and the two are connected. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbors. you love yourself. Those two, everything else hangs on those two commandments. And if, I don't, if I'm not pursuing that and developing that, then what happens is, is pride is in my life. Now what we see here is that in this passage, and then I'm, uh, we're going to look at 1 Peter and I'll be done. But what we see here that what is behind pride What's behind humility is a spirit. There is a spirit. The God of the system is doing his job of blinding people's minds. So, when something happens in your life and you give in to the circumstance instead of yielding to the word, the Bible says you're in pride. Because you're trying to figure the thing out yourself. And what happens when you're in pride? You're being resisted by God. In other words, you can't advance in the kingdom when you remain in pride. There's no advancing, there's no moving into God. And so, God in His Spirit, God realizes this. This isn't in the Bible because, you know, well, bless God, you're, you're in pride and so I'm resisting you and that's it. No. No, that, that, that's, that, the light's being turned on in what I'm teaching to you today in some of you. The light's being turned on that you want pride out. I don't want anything that even appears to be pride. I want free of pride of any kind whatsoever. But there's, as I told you in one of the messages, there's things that are real apparent that are pride, but then there's other things that are not. And the thing I'm talking to you about today that I'm driving home has got to be what we leave here meditating on and remembering to practice with every thought that comes to our head. Now, now watch this, 1 Peter 5, and we'll end with this. 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he does what? He gives grace. Or he gives great grace is what is we translated in, in one translation. He gives great grace to the humble. Great favor. Great blessing. Great forgiveness. Great everything. He gives great grace. God is in the great grace giving business. He's not holding back. He's, hit, he's ready to give great grace when we choose to do one thing. Everybody say one thing. Lift your hand up. One thing. Lift a finger up. One thing. One thing. Come on. Hold it up. Just hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up. Say it again. One thing. So at the end of the day today, when you lay your head down tonight, you're going to remember this one thing. You're going to remember your, hand, your finger in the air that you're going to remember how 
to do this one thing and you're going to practice it because it's not easy to do. This isn't easy to do, but it takes a lot. It takes practice, and the more you practice it, the easier it gets. Everybody say one thing. Okay, it's this. Verse 6, therefore, God will humble you. Did it say that? A circumstance will humble me. No, no. Therefore, humble yourself. Under what? The mighty hand. Now, does the mighty hand need to be plugged in so that it'll generate pat? No, it's already strong. Hmm? It's like this gun right here. No. <clears throat> it's, strong. it's already strong. He's already like this. It's already ready. So when you come under this, then the strong arm is leading the way. See, instead of you being up here, and all the power you need to accomplish what you need to accomplish is behind you. Okay, okay. No, but when you're here and all he knows how to do is go up, then you get exalted along with him. See, but in his strength and ability. Now watch this. So you're, you have to humble yourself. Well, the next question is, how do I do that? Okay, I'll try that. No, 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 no. Okay, I, no, no. No, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and, and he tells you how to do this. And I'm telling you, for you to do this and accomplish this, it's going to take a lot of practice. But there's one way to bring yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he's leading the way in everything that you do. One, one way, one way. Casting all of your care upon him because he cares for you. So the one way is casting. It's casting. It didn't say God's going to cast your worry and thoughts and anxiety and all those things. It didn't say God's going to do it. It says you humble yourself by you casting. Now, if you don't hear anything else today, hear this. What's behind pride is a spirit. And it's not a godly spirit. It's a demonic spirit. Every thought that comes to your mind in the form of fear, anxiety, worry of any kind, I don't care, any kind, any thought that comes to your mind that goes against the Word of God is not intended to stay in your mind. It is intended to be cast away. Who does the casting? Who does the casting? Say me. Everybody say me. You're going to do the casting, and the casting is going to cause you to humble. Because the more you cast those thoughts of fear and anxiety and worry about situations, then there's no pride in what happens. You're not being resisted by God. You're advancing in the kingdom. Every time you take a thought or a thought comes... With your mouth, say, that's a spirit. And I cast you away, and I give you no place to operate in my mind. Every single time. Simple. Now see, the reason I read 2 Corinthians 4, and you need to go read the whole chapter, 
2 Corinthians 4, the reason I read that is because it talks about the system, the world, the thinking in the world. And it's all those thoughts that come because most people spend most of their day meditating on worldly knowledge and understanding and this very little bit of God's Word. So that's why we have so many thoughts. So let's just say um, you're applying for a new job. This job pays a lot of money and you need this job. And so a thought comes to you. Ah, you'll never get that job. You're not good enough for that job. You're not this or that or the other. Okay? What is that? It's fear. That's intimidation. What is it? It's a spirit. See? God has a plan for your life, and what He wants is you to be rid of fear in your thought life so that you're not in pride trying to work it out and figure it out yourself. So, ah, I'm not, I'm not going to even apply for that job. You see, you're headed over there to put it in an application. I'm not going to even apply for that because I'm no good, I'm worthless, and I'm there because you gave in to the thoughts. See, that's not what God said. And that's not really what you think about yourself way down deep inside because the laws of God are written on the tablets of your heart. So way down deep in you, you don't think that about yourself. Who is it? It's the devil himself and his demon spirits that are coming to convince you that you're a worthless piece of you-know-what and that you don't deserve anything in life. Well, I'm just going to go apply this menial job or whatever. I'm just using that as an example. Well, you know, I can do this. Why? Because it's comfortable. And see, what happens is, the problem is, you're in pride, there's a resistance from God, and, and now you're up here, here's the mighty hand of God, here's the mighty strength of God, and you're up here. But when you cast those thoughts away, you go and fill out that application, and you turn it in like you're somebody, because you are, because of what God created in you, all of a sudden, in that moment, boom. In that moment. Now, will thoughts come? Dang right. Man, what if I can go get that thing and take it out of there? I shouldn't have put it in. No, cast it. It's a spirit. It's a lying, it's a lying devil trying to tell you you don't deserve that. Hmm? You deserve it. You deserve everything that God created you to deserve. And I'm telling you, pride is keeping people from advancing. Pride is. Watch the next part of this verse. I'm almost done. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion. He's not, he's not a lion with any strength or power. I've heard one guy say he's a roaring lion's one that's got tooth decay. He has all his teeth pulled out, so he has no bite. He just has a big bark. The devil pulled all his teeth. So he tries to make people think he's all that with these thoughts and these ideas and the stuff that he's telling us. But when you find out who you are in Christ and who you've been established to be, you can have anything and everything that the kingdom says you can have a right to. See, we don't have to take a back seat. I don't have to be prideful about that. I can be confident there's a difference. You don't want to be prideful about who you are or what you do. You want to be confident in him. And the more confident I am in Him, every time, every time I choose to humble myself by casting thoughts and cares away from my mind and not giving in to something, I come under here. 
Now the strength is leading, not me. So you'll get discouraged when it's you trying to do it. You'll do it for a while, but you'll get discouraged, and he'll win out. He'll win out. You know why? Because when you're not connected to the Spirit of God, then you're operating in the flesh, and the devil is spirit. You see the difference? See, this isn't a, this isn't a Luke and Darth kind of thing. See, Darth's defeated. He's already wasted. But he's in a wheelchair, and, he's, and he's, he has no, has no feeling. He's paralyzed from the neck down, and all he can do is yell and holler and scream and say all kinds of weird stuff and try to convince you that he's real when he's really defeated. And we give in to that by not casting the thoughts. It didn't say the thoughts weren't coming. Oh, Pastor, just pray that I'll never have another thought like that. Okay? Kill them, Lord. Because you've got to die to never have another thought. So, who's humbling themselves? You and I. We have to humble. We don't humble it by our, our actions of trying to be holy enough. We humble by bringing every thought captive. And you've got to practice that. The first thing you have to practice is learning to understand what that even looks like. Because you have to believe that in the spirit realm, he's got the upper hand on you when you're not connected to the spirit of God. In the spirit realm, defeated. In the natural realm, he wins. Every time. That's why there's such chaos on planet earth. Because most people are not connected to the spirit of God. That's why there's such chaos. What's happening on planet Earth has nothing to do with God. Anything bad that happens is not an act of God. All of God's acts are good and gooder. They're good and they get gooder and gooder. Right? All His acts are good, 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 good. They're not one bad act of God. Nothing bad is an act of God. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness but he gave authority in the earth to the sons of men. And the reason there's such chaos on planet earth is because man that was created in the image of God is not connected to the Spirit of God. And the more you and I learn to hear the voice of the Spirit and know what's right in his kingdom, then what do we do? We cast every thought. No, wait, wait, wait. That's, a, that's a stinking, ugly dog spirit trying to tell me that that's going to happen in my life and that's not who I am. I, I, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in, going out, everything I set my hand to. Woo! Come on. That's who you and I are. Now, now think, of, think, of this, think about this where the casting stuff is, is concerned. Listen to me. I've got to figure out how to say this in the shortest way. Um, people, you can, you can hear what I just said, and you can walk out of here, and you can think to yourself, yeah, okay, okay. But where most people in their minds have trouble is with people closest to them. Or friends or people that you value what they think and say and most people 
think that other people think negative of them. Well, so-and-so, they, I saw them today, and they acted like this, and, and, and they, you know, and they just did this, and they said that, and, and I know they think this, and I know that, and I saw them do this, and I, I know, I know, I know. Does that sound like God showing you something that's real? Yeah, you need to really be upset about that person. And what <laughs> That's not God. And yeah, that's you yielding to voices and thoughts that are not true. And I'm telling you, for us to be successful, we can't be resisted by God. It doesn't matter about what other people are doing. It, it, you know, you can say, well, that person's resisting me. Yeah, just as long as you're not being resisted by God. Because he can't mix his spirit with pride. He can't build his church with people that are trying to do it their way. And I'm telling you, most people value you. I'm going to say this, and you go think about this. 95 plus probably percent of the people in your life value you and what you think. I mean, I'm looking out in a congregation of most of the people here I know fairly well. And honestly, honestly today, honestly today, I'm saying this honestly, except for Josh. No. <laughs> so, um, everybody that I think of, when I look at you, all I think of is the good things about you. I mean, literally. I've programmed myself to only think good. I, I mean, when, when I look at everyone, and, and, and if, some, if one of you comes and says something to me in a negative way about yourself, I'm thinking, you're not that. You're not that. That's not the way God sees you. And, and if words like that come out of your mouth, it's because you're listening to that spirit. I'm telling you, most people value what you think. But the reason we're not as productive in the lives of people is because we give in to those thoughts and we spend most of our time trying to work that stuff out instead of just cast, no, 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 spirit. See, it may take you 50 times a day. Would you practice casting thoughts away 50 times, the same stinking thought 50 times in a day? I do. I do. I just do. Most people want people to be good and something that they can value. Most people want that. I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying 95% of people want good things to happen. They, they don't want good things to happen in you and not them. That's most people. But most people want good things to happen in your life. And they value you. And they may even have an attitude towards you, but they're watching what you do. And living a life of peace and calmness, in casting every thought all the time, it's victory, man. It's victory, because you're not trying to accomplish things in life in your own strength. Where are you? Hmm? And he's leading the way. To anything you're trying to accomplish, he's leading the way. Thank you, Lord.